0: Welcome back to Big Les's League. Welcome to your Origin State of Origin game two, a preview. We're going to be going through all the key points. Going into game two, uh, you're going to get, obviously, a little bit of an Origin chat that came out yesterday, uh, the BTFU Origin chat, uh, where me, Mace and Gavin Sheehan obviously talked about, um, you know, a little bit to do with Origin, obviously gave a little bit of a preview, looked at the lineups, obviously before the Troll Mitchell uh, was ruled out. If you want to go back and have a little listen to that one, it might be a shorter version of what this is going to be, but this is talking all the points going into Origin Game 2. Every single point you could possibly think of. Uh, we're talking about that in this preview. But uh, we'll start off with Queensland. I'm going to go through the lineups and then we're going to go through the main points for the Maroons going into this game. Uh, for the Maroons, we have Reese Walsh at fullback, Xavier Coates and Murray Talagi on the wings. Uh, Valentine Holmes and Hamaso Tabui Fido uh, in the centres. Cameron Munster and Dali Cherry Evans in the halves. Lindsay Collins uh, and Tino Far, Sulemala Awi in the front row with Ben Hunt at nine. Uh, Dave Fafida and uh, Jeremiah Nanai in the back row. Patrick Carrigan is at 13. Uh, and then we have Harry Grant, Tom Flegler, Ruben Cotter and Awakey Fodewaker coming off the bench there for the Maroons. Uh, Fodewaker, a bit of a wild card coming into this game, but I think that he is going to do a job there. Uh, I believe he actually did. Play a game for the Maroons in that series where they had quote unquote the worst team ever. I think he was in that side. Could be wrong. Uh, but if this is his origin debut, I'm very keen to see how he goes coming off the bench in this side. Uh, I think that he'll be very dangerous through the middle. He's done really well and it's pretty much been under the radar for me uh, for the Gold Coast Titans, uh, obviously, in previous weeks. I think that Billy Slater's identified that and brought him into the side. I honestly thought Corey Horsbrough was going to be there, uh, but obviously Waker got the spot over him. Uh, but Horsbrough, definitely a handy guy to have in the reserves, obviously, if there is an injury going into this game. Uh, but let's talk main points about this one. If the first one, obviously, uh, and the most dangerous man on the park in game one was Reese Walsh. He uh, is definitely a danger going into this game. He was Really, really impressive in the last one. He's definitely going to be switched on going into game two. uh, And he's definitely someone that the Blues need to watch out for going into this game. Uh, Look, the Blues don't have the dark blue jersey uh, bad omen on in going into game two, which is really nice to see. Uh, hopefully there's no more bad omens for the Blues touch wood. Uh, so obviously, Walsh is a danger going into this one for the Maroons. Uh, Hammer, I think, is also a danger going into this one as well. Uh, he was fantastic in the centres and you know, I think I definitely gave him a fair chunk of criticism going into this game. Particularly, you know, going into a new position, uh, covering that in defence and obviously he's a attacking game as well running up again against a guy like Turbo, but he did a very, very good job. Hammer, I thought that he was really impressive. Uh, Look, obviously, Ben Hunt has been in the media over the past few weeks. Uh, That could play a big part um, as to how he goes in this one. Obviously, uh, if you haven't heard already, he requested a release from the Dragons. Then he made it clear that that was an immediate release. Then he also made it clear that he'd be willing to pay a shit ton of money to get out out of there right now, Um, you know, which is massive. And I don't know, as I said, what would have happened, you know, in that space of time to make it so frantic for him to get out of there. But regardless, this isn't the Ben Ben Hunt preview. This is the State of Origin 2 game preview. Um, And I think that, you know, obviously the news reports that came out about him over the past 72 hours, 73 hours, um, you know, I think it is going to play a part, you know, in how he goes in this game um, for the Marones, he, you know. He could weigh on him a little bit. Uh, but I also think he's one of those guys that could silence the crowd too, Benny Hunt. So I think there's a little bit of pressure on him going into this one. He could cop it from a Blues crowd as well, especially if you've got a few St. George players sitting in the crowd. Uh, doubt it because it's at Suncorp, but you never know, you could get one or two. Uh, it might be a little bit of a rough crowd there, especially from the New South Wales Blues perspective. Uh, obviously, there's been reports that Reuben Cotter could start in the back row over Nanai and Nanai comes off the bench. I don't really see too much of a point in that one, um, unless Nanai isn't 100% and he needs to come off the bench and play respectively, less minutes, then I'd probably see a point in that one. But I think that Cotter's more damaging going through the middle. He's fantastic on an edge, and he proved that for us in game one. But I really do think he is better through the middle, and we've seen that for the Cowboys over the past few weeks as well. Uh, Cotter much better through the middle than he is on an edge. So I don't really see the point in starting him over Nanai on the edge. Uh, if you're confident in Nanai that he can play this game, then I'd probably you know keep him there. Probably for the full eighty, um, you know, if he is, you know, confident in the Origin arena, I would play him there for eighty. I think they're stressing out a little bit. I think that Billy Slater would be stressing out a little bit because they've got all middle forwards on the bench: Tom Flegler, Reuben Cotter, and Waker, Obviously, um, so there's not really much leg room as to who can play in the edge, other than on the edge. Sorry, other than Reuben Cotter so maybe he's just stressing out a bit about the rotation. He wants to move Cotter into the back row and then have a back rower on the bench uh, in Jeremiah. No, no, I think that's sort of the mindset behind that one, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. it would be definitely an interesting move and, you know, a real mindfuck going into game two for the Blues. It'd be a very strange tactic um, for Billy Slater, but let's move on to the Blues. So obviously we have James Sedesco at fullback, Brian Toto, uh, and Josh. O'Kar on the wings. Now they're both swapped wings. So Josh O'Kar and Steven Crichton are on one side. Brian Soto and Tom travoyevich are on the other side. And I fucking love this because it just, you know, eliminates that dominant Penrith edge. You know, in game one, I feel like that was a real reason why they didn't win that game. They weren't going near Tom Tervojevic or Josho Car at all. I were very much so sticking with the Stephen Crichton-Brian Toto combination. Uh, now that they've split those guys up, I actually think that you're going to get much more of an even, um, you know, sort of spreading the ball where they're going to you know, go to both sides rather than just sticking to one. Uh, and both sides equally as dangerous as well. Tom Travoy, which he play, if he plays anything like he did for Manly the other week, we're in for a big game here. Uh, particularly him paired up with an absolute powerhouse in Brian To'o, That's going to be amazing. And then Stephen Crichton. You look, he's had some big performances for Penrith over the past few weeks as well. And for the Blues, obviously, in the last game, him paired up with Joshua O'Car, I think, is going to be absolutely lethal. And I'd love to see them uh, work on that combination as well. It's going to be very interesting going into this game. Uh, in saying that, you are risking you know, stuffing up the Penrith combination that they've got them there in the first place for, but I like it because I'd rather them use both sides of the park than be very lenient onto one, and then Queensland can use that as a weakness and go down the other end of the park or just target the, the, the side of the park that's being used the most, which would B, Steven Crichton, and Brian Toto, uh, and really tie them out to the point where they're not as effective as if they were split up. Um, so I really like this move, to be honest, swapping around Adokar and Brian Toto. I really do like this move from uh, Freddie Fitler. It's one of the smarter moves he's probably made uh, this Origin series, but let's have a look at the rest of the lineup. Uh, Drame Luai, Mitchell Moses in the halves. Moses is going to be a big one. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Jirinha Polo and uh, Payne Haas in the front row. Damian Cook at nine. Tyson Frizzell, Hudson Young in the back row. Isaiah is at 13. And then we have Stefano Utsukamanu, Cam Murray, Liam Martin, Reese Robson. Stefano Utsukamanu, you know, Freddie loves to pick his wild cards. This is definitely one of those. And I'm very keen to see how he goes and if he does a job for the Blues. Uh, but let's have a talk about the main points going into this one. The first one for me, before we get into all the big stuff, is we, we look at the Queensland bench, and obviously they've got a stacked amount of front row forwards on the bench. Obviously, Tom Flegler, Ruben Cotter, Foddle Waker, as obviously we talked about before. I feel like the Blues is the opposite. You've got one front rower, you've got two back rowers lock respectively, and then you've obviously got uh, Reese Robson, who is a dummy half, um, on the bench for the Blues. It's very much so the opposite of what, you know, uh, the Maroons are going for, so much so that Harry Grant's the 14 and Reese Robson's the 17. So uh, what about that for a mindfuck for you? But it is very different. Now, yes, obviously, um, you know, it work very well for Cam Murray to come in through the middle uh, and play sort of a ball-playing, lock-forward role in the middle. He can also come onto the edge for you. Uh, Liam Martin can definitely do a job through the middle. He came off the bench for the past few few weeks, sorry, for Penrith uh, and did a great job through the middle for them and also obviously going onto the edges for Penrith uh, after a few weeks back from injury. Um, but yeah, you know, these both the guys can both play in the middle, that's for sure, but they're both edge back rollers at the end of the day uh, and you're giving up a little bit of size coming off the bench for the Blues. Stefano, it's Utsukaman is obviously the exception here. He is an absolute freight train, an absolute unit, but you're realistically going to take off either Junior Boulder or Payne Haas for a Cam Murray or a Liam Martin, and as I said, giving up a little bit of size in the middle. Um, you know, Cam Murray's a great defender, so I'm not worried on that front. It's more so the attacking front. His runs just aren't going to have as much oomph as a Tom Flegler, as a Tino Farr, as a Lindsay Collins. So that's my only criticism of that one. Would I have started Cam Murray in the back row? Look, after game one, probably... Um, but you know, I I can see where Freddie is coming for uh from here, uh with Cam Murray being on the bench coming through the middle. It's great, uh, but I think it sort of denies Reese Robson any other way to come into the fray as well. You know, Reese Robson obviously. Um, realistically going to come into the fray at Hooker, uh, so much so that he's reportedly set to start there over Cookie and play the first 20 minutes, and then Cookie comes on and plays the rest. But, uh, you know, denies Reese Robson an opportunity to come in as that roaming sort of player, which we've actually seen him do before for the, uh, the Cowboys earlier on when he was sort of coming into the ranks and uh, Jake Granville was playing a 14 sort of role. He'd sort of move into a roaming forward sort of role uh, as, you know, Granville comes in and plays nine. Um, So it sort of denies him the opportunity to come into the game in that way, uh, which would be very, very dangerous. Reese Robson. Uh, but look, I'm very keen to see how he goes. You know, it's a big opportunity for him to come in and play uh, in a game where if we lose, that's the series done. It's a pretty much a decider in game two. So, um, you know, it's a big game and especially going up to Suncorp as well. A lot of pressure on him. I'm keen to see how he goes if he is an Origin player. Um, I don't like Freddie's mentality of you play one game, you don't go well, you're not an Origin player. I don't understand that logic. Uh, and for them to get Nico Hines out of the squad completely, I think, is very, very harsh. I would have at least kept him in the reserves. I can see why I've got Matt Burton here. Obviously, got a bit more size on him. You can use him more so as a middle forward as well, if that's the uh, player that you need coming off the bench in that roaming sort of role. Uh, and you can also play in the halves, center, you know can play in a lot of positions for the Blues, Uh, whereas Nico Hines, for me, can do the exact same. I think it's just more so the size factor and the strength factor of Matt Burton as to why he's the 18th man. Um, But yeah, look, I think it was very heavy for them to drop Nico Hines out of the squad completely. Um, Now, obviously, as we talk about the size difference in attack here for Cam Murray, if he does come onto the game in the middle... You know, Blues, one thing they didn't really have going into game one was just a bit of defensive and attacking aggression. They just need that aggression, that oomph, because the only guy that really had it, or guys, I should say, that really had that aggression was Liam Martin, Tyson, Frizzell. I think they were the only two forwards that really had that aggression when they ran the football, and the aggression when they were obviously in defense as well. Liam Martin was absolutely sensational as a forward for the Blues in this one, but all of the forwards were... Payne Haas, Junior polo uh, Isaiah Yo, all the forwards coming off the bench. They need to have that a defensive and attacking aggression if they want to win this game for me. Because as I said, it is something they did lack going into game one. Um, we talked about, obviously, the swapping of the edges, obviously, uh, with a cargo on one side and... Um, You know, Brian Toto coming to the other side. So it's a Brian Toto, Tom Trevojevich combination and a Stephen Crichton, Joshua O'Carr combination. We talked about that. It's going to be very good for the Blues. Uh, Let's talk about some guys that are under pressure. And I think the two main ones are the Blues halves. I think it's Moses and I think it's Luai. Moses, because obviously he got a lot of criticism after um, his debut game for the Blues, which people somehow forget that he had a part of his back broken, And in the first few minutes of the game and played the entire 80 minutes of football, yes, the Blues ended up losing, but, you know, he was playing really well with the injury that he'd suffered earlier on in the game and people just don't give him enough credit for that. Um, you know, he comes into this game injury-free, uh, as we believe. You know, I'd love to see Moses just absolutely prove the critics wrong. Shut up everyone that talks shit about Moses coming into this game, shutting all the critics up, coming in, having a blinder. I don't want the fact that he's been a little bit overhyped on the Blues' Instagram page and, you know, in the media a little bit for him to sort of fall into the pressure. I'd love to see him come into this game scot-free and do what he did for Parramatta the other night. and. That Absolutely fucking dominate. Absolutely dominate. I think he's definitely capable of having one of those performances. And another guy that needs to do pretty much the exact same thing is Jerome Luai. You know, coming into this game, he's going to have to do the same thing. Defensive aggression, I think, will be key for Luai. You know, he's capable of being an absolute mongrel in defense. Uh, attacking as well, taking on the line. But having a banger performance and proving all the critics wrong. Everyone has had excuses about how Luai is not a fantastic player or he's under Cleary or for Samoa, you know, he did a good job there, but he hasn't done it in this arena. I think Willie Mason said it the best. Um, he proves everyone wrong. The swagger unto which he plays with is, you know, unmatched. And he always, whenever he talks... He backs it up. He always backs it up. So I'm keen to see Luai do that again. I really want him to see. He really want to see him. Sorry, do that again for the Blues. Um, you know, and I think that he's definitely capable of that. If Moses and Luai really do work. Um, You know, it could save Freddie Fitler's career as a Blues coach as well. So uh, they've got to have a big game in this one to save their own origin careers and Moses more so, Um, you know, if Cleary is still injured going into game three, which all reports suggest that he's been completely ruled out. Um, you know, Moses definitely needs a big game in this one to go into game three. He could very easily be replaced by Nico Hines. So he's got to have a big game in this one, prove all the critics wrong. And I think Moses can definitely do that. Luai, same deal, proving all the critics wrong like we know he can. Uh, Tedesco, obviously a lot of criticism around his game. As I said, you know, for the Roosters over the past, you know, I'd say 16 rounds or however long he's played, obviously discounting the games that he's been out for Origin. Um, You know, in that last game for Origin, he had a shocker, but for the the Roosters, he's been used as this battering ram, um, whereby, and I've said it obviously over the past few weeks, you know... He hasn't been playing the same as he was in 2019 where he was roaming both sides of the ruck. Um, You know, he was allowed to do whatever he wanted with the football. The Roosters have implemented a structure where, you know... He's running the ball a lot. He's become a bit of a battering ram, as Jake Dvojevic somewhat was um, for a few weeks for Manly last season. But he did become a bit of a battering ram for the Roosters. He wasn't really used in the way that he should be, which is obviously 2019 football. And that's why we got some of the better origin series from James Tedesco as well. And he, and he wasn't used to the playing style. ...that he had been playing with in 2019. He'd been used to that battering ram structure... ...and obviously when it got to origin... ...and he had to rebuild combinations... ...and he had to learn how to play like he did in 2019... ...and you know he had a three on two for example... He failed to execute because he it's just not what he's been doing for the Sydney Roosters. Um, he's been playing with a com- completely different playing style. And obviously that weighed in on his Origin performance coming into this game. Having played game one, I think he's going to be one of the better players in this Origin series, uh, James Tedesco. I think that he is going to absolutely kill it. So definitely one to watch there, James Tedesco. I think he's going to have an upslip blinder in this one uh, and, you know, really work on those combinations. You know, get those three-on-two sorted. Uh, Running game as well is going to be pivotal um, you know, in a shocking game, he ran for 200 or so metres, had seven tackle busts. So imagine what he can do in a stellar performance. And I think that's what he's going to have in this one, James Tedesco. Having Damien Cook at nine as well, I think is going to really help him. And I think he came out with a quote um, either yesterday or the day before saying how much Damian Cook helps him at nine. Um, So I think that that is going to be a big in for James Tedesco specifically. Uh, Liam Martin, the spark. We talked about him coming off the bench and killing it uh, in game one. I think he's going to have to do the same thing in game two. And as we said, we talked about the size difference in the middle. Uh, He's going to have to make up for that Liam Martin like he did in game one. Uh, So very keen to see his impact in this Blues team. Uh, And, yeah, how does Robson come into the game? We obviously said that the Cameron Murray um, rotation, it it sort of limits uh, Reese Robson to only come into this game at hooker. However, I I still think while Cameron Murray's off, he can still play that roaming sort of role. Damien Cook comes back on, and it's just a very fast-paced ball-playing forward pack. Um, sort of team that that gets named out there. Uh, It's a very fast paced team, particularly if they get into a lead he could definitely be used as a roaming sort of forward role, Race Robson because he has done it, as I said, in the past um, for North Queensland. I think that it's going to be too tight of a game for him to come into that role anyway so I think he will play 9 I think he'll play the first 20 to 25 minutes maybe even 30 minutes at 9 and Damian Cook will play the rest of the game I think that that is how Reese Robson will be used if he doesn't start I still think he's going to be around that 25-30 minute mark uh, in this game unless he does come on through the middle uh, but I doubt it especially if it's going to be a tight game at Suncorp I doubt that Reese Robson is going to be used in that way but there you go. That's all the points going into Origin Game 2, all the main points specifically. Now, how do I see this game going? How do I see this game going? My heart cannot tip the Queensland Maroons under any circumstances. $2.90, I think, is also great value for the Blues going into this one. It is a must-win game at Suncorp. Mitch Moses, can he silence the crowd? Jerome Luai, can he Can he silence the crowd? Tom Travojevic, he needs a big game as well. We didn't even talk about Tom Travojevic. He needs to step up like he did for Manly the other week. If he has a big game, geez, the Maroons are in trouble. Um, You know, Reese Robson, how does he come into this game? We'll have to find out. Um, You know, making up for the size difference in the forwards, the defensive and attacking aggression, all the points we discussed. Not having Latrell Mitchell is fucking humongous, but it's something that the Blues can't really worry about or think about going into this game. Stephen Crichton was fantastic in Game 1. I think he's going to be, ga- uh, again, really fantastic in Game 2. I'm taking the Blues. I'm taking the Blues head to head. I think they do get the job done. It is a must-win game. My heart can't tip the Maroons. I'm tipping the Blues. I'm tipping the Blues head to head. Uh, If we go anytime try scorers, where's the value at going into this game for the Blues and the Maroons? Look for me. Uh, Hammer had a really good game going into game one. Uh, I think that he can have a really good game going into game two. So can Reese Walsh. Now, if I go into the anytime try scoring market, Reese Walsh is actually playing. uh paying. Sorry, not playing. He is playing, but he's also paying uh, three dollars to score a try. I think that's outstanding value for Reece Walsh. I'm going to take him, and I'm also looking at this list. I mean, Jerome Luai needs to prove himself. Uh, I'm going to go Jerome Luai. Jerome Luai, Reece Walsh, and then we chuck in the Blues head-to-head bet there. That is paying $36.75. That is outstanding value. Um, So I'm going to go with that one going into this game. Jerome Luai, Reece Walsh, and New South Wales head-to-head. Um yeah 36 dollars seventy five that is outstanding value um for this game so that is the one that I'm going to be going for for my anytime take for State of Origin Jerome Luai Reese Walsh New South Wales head to head it's just how I see the game going can the Blues get it done I fucking hope so as a biased New South Wales Blues fan Blues head to head we've got Luai we've got Reese Walsh and I'm super keen for Origin two.